This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on sportstalksc.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. And good evening, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. It's a Friday night here in the state of South Carolina. We are coming to you tonight from over in West Columbia. We are at the Tsunami Bar Training Center with uh, our good friend George Bryan III. George is already working on his golf swing, and my goal is to leave here with a beautifully refined golf swing when uh, this show is done. George will join us a little bit later on with Tsunami Robbie for another edition of Birdies and Bogeys. I'm going to change the name of that segment, though. Birdies and Bogeys and Biceps around South Carolina. How about that, huh? Because we're talking about your golf swing. We're talking about physical fitness. We're talking about fixing your body. So Birdies and Bogeys and Biceps. You like that, huh? Around South Carolina. Uh, We are located tonight on Chris Drive in uh, West Columbia. And this place is uh, is awesome. You need to come out and visit with uh, Robbie and his folks and uh, let them show you exactly what they do here in manufacturing the world-famous Tsunami Bar. And it comes in all sizes. And uh, if you don't have one, you need one. If you are into physical fitness, if you're into improving your golf game, if you're into uh, having that nice swing and you're looking for all the things that can help you get there, the tsunami bar is a is a must-have. Plus the um, what do we call that? The laginator. The laginator. The laginator is a wonderful piece of equipment as well. I've got one of each, courtesy of uh, of GB3. Now, it helps to have some talent, you know, to apply uh, to the uh, to the weaponry. And uh, those of you with you know loads of talent, you're going to benefit a great deal from it. So. We are just happy to be here with the guys, and we'll be talking more with them a little bit later on. Our phone number is 888-898-2525. Uh, it is the uh, South Carolina uh, Lottery, uh, South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number here on Sports Talk. 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to reach us here on Sports Talk. And, of course, we've got Pat Daniel back at our Dave and Buster Studios in downtown Columbia. Remember, this weekend, eat, drink, play, and catch all the big games this weekend all season long at Dave & Buster's Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. We'll be at Dave & Buster's in Columbia on Wednesday night for our National Signing Day gathering at Dave & Buster's. So come on out and join in on the show, and uh, we'll talk about everything that has gone on on National Signing Day. There are bound to be some uh, surprises, bound to be some surprises. There always are some surprises on National Signing Day. Bound to be some players who are waiting until National Signing Day to uh, make their announcement. And so we'll have it all covered for you and uh, look forward to being out there. In fact, today Clemson picked up another commitment. Khalil Barnes, fine-looking athlete out of Bogart, Georgia. They like him as a safety. He can also play wide receiver, but they like him as a safety. And he's going to go to Clemson as a safety. Notre Dame 
and Oklahoma, they liked him, I think, more for wide receiver, but with the option of playing both positions. But he is uh, headed to Clemson as part of their uh, 2023 class. South Carolina has got a big recruiting weekend last night after we left the air. Shane Beamer put out a couple of more commitment alerts. I don't know that anybody has claimed those commitment alerts yet. So that would be three that are hanging out there that are yet to be uh, taken by somebody. But they've got a nice weekend of official visits and unofficial visits and transfers coming in to uh, check out <laughs> USC and watch the bowl practice for, uh, uh, well, they had bowl practice today. They'll have bowl practice on Saturday, and they'll have bowl practice on Sunday. So they're coming in to uh, check that out. And uh, Shane Beamer seems like he is um, he is loving life. He put out another tweet a little while ago about uh, current mood in Columbia with him being all smiles and uh, looks like thumbs up from his office there over at the, the football uh, the football center at USC. So they are looking forward to their weekend with their recruits. They're looking forward to their weekend of, of practicing. Same thing up at Clemson. Practice continues for the Tigers as they get uh, ready to head down to Miami next week and uh, continue work on the Orange Bowl. So the weather here today was was delightful and uh, not so much in South Dakota. We had a lot of state representatives in South Dakota. I don't know why South Dakota this week became so important, but we had Coastal Carolina playing the other night at uh, South Dakota and then up the road in Sioux Falls, the USC women last night defeated South Dakota State. We've got Berge. He's back with us at the Berge Palace Indeed. in warm Comfy, cozy Sardis, and uh, how was the trip? Little, little icy, little cold, little snowy out there. Actually, the snow. We didn't get a whole lot of ice while we were up there. And as a matter of fact, Vermilion, which is in the uh, southeastern corner of the state of South Dakota, not far from Nebraska and Iowa, that's where the University of South Dakota is, and that's where Coastal was. South Carolina's women actually played an hour up the road in Sioux Falls, which was sort of a neutral site because South Dakota State's another hour up the road from where they played last night. But nonetheless, they got much more snow up that direction. We got a, a couple of inches of snow. I'm not sure how many South Dakotans actually noticed it snowed uh, the past couple of days. I was quite frankly disappointed, Phil. It, it was cold. It was in the 30s, dropped down in the 20s. But I looked at the long-range forecast, and of course, we've got some of that really cold Arctic air set to uh, descend on the Palmetto State next week. But the high temperature next Thursday in Vermilion was supposed to be minus one. Not the low, the high temperature. Minus one, mm. so we actually came out mm. pretty well in terms of the uh, in terms of the temperature and the basketball game could not have been any better. Uh, just a terrific game. Coastal wins by by a point. Uh, a couple of free throws from Isam Mustafa with eight seconds left to go, and then South Dakota had hit seventy three pointers at a scene. It seemed every time Coastal looked like they mm. were about to pull away. They'd go on a run where they'd hit three or four three-pointers and get right back in the ballgame. And they missed a three at the end of the ballgame that would have given them the win. Despite the fact neither team would miss a free throw, I was a little stunned that South Dakota tried to uh, shoot a three instead of attacking the basket, hoping to get a foul and maybe win it at the foul line. But that was not their strategy and didn't work out. Now Coastal comes back and probably will face, if Missouri's not the best team and Louisiana in Sunbelt Conference play, they're probably going to face the best team they'll see all year on Monday when they host the College of Charleston at the HTC Center on Monday night, which ought to be just a dandy of a basketball game. I'm really looking forward to seeing Pat Kelsey's club up close and personal because just watching them from afar, I've been awfully impressed with them. 
Yeah, they're having a great start to the season. I think they've only got the one loss, and that was at North Carolina. And that should be a heck of a game at the HTC Center. I would think that the fans would turn out in big numbers. Of course, you have the Myrtle Beach Bowl being played there on Monday in the afternoon and the basketball being played there that night. So you can get yourself a nice little sporting doubleheader Mm -hmm. there at Coastal Carolina. All right, so you've been away all week long. A lot's been going on. We've We've had transfers. We've had players opting out of the uh, of the bowl games. Uh, it's caused a lot of consternation in some parts. Some people don't like it. Some people don't care and think it's perfectly okay. We had the case today at a bowl game in the Bahamas, UAB and Miami of Ohio, where UAB's top running back, the nation's leading rusher, on the day of the game, opted out of the game after going down to the Bahamas and practicing and enjoying the fruits of the trip to the Bahamas he said nah, not going to play and just stood on the sideline while his teammates went on and, and won the ball game without him good for them yeah good for the team really bad luck by the player I you know that was I've sort of gone back and forth I understand why players feel like you know I, I want to get ready for the NFL maybe I should step away and not play my final game I've always found that a little sleazy but that's all right if that's the direction you want to go and you're concerned about your future income I get it that is all changed after today because the young man that you referenced took the trip with his team to the Bahamas. He didn't pull a Miles Murphy. He didn't pull a Zach Pickens and opt out before the teams left for their road trip. He waited until last night. I think the news came out that he was officially not going to play. He waited to make sure he got to enjoy the trip to the Bahamas on Alabama Birmingham's dime and then gets to stand on the sidelines, which just stunned me that the coaches would allow that to happen. Now I get it there. They've got a coaching change, so maybe they didn't care. But I don't know who I'm more upset with, the kid for pulling this. And if I were Alabama-Birmingham, I would leave him there and make him find his own way back home for pulling make this. Make him swim back. <laughs> hey, you, you got, we got you down here. And, oh, by the way, you owe us about $10,000 for this free trip to the Bahamas we gave you. So yeah. I just it's a sleazy, sleazy move. And if the coaches knew this going in, they're just as culpable. When is the coaching staff going to step up and say, you, you're not on our team anymore, get off the sideline? Because there was no reason for him to be on the sideline today in uniform. He actually had his uniform on. He didn't have his pads and such, right? Uh, but for the most part, he was on the sideline. And, and how do you feel if you're a teammate of his? Nation's leading rusher. And all of a sudden, he's deciding the final game that you guys are going to play together under this current coaching staff. Oh, I'm, I'm going to opt out. I enjoyed hanging out with you guys by the pool and by the ocean and sunbathing and the like, but I'm not going to play in the game. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't like it when Debo Samuel set out the South Carolina Bowl game and stood on the sideline. And I thought that was a terrible look. It's up to the head coaches. Some coaches say you opt out. You are off the team, and you're not going to be with us. Some coaches will do that, and I think it just boils down to who's not concerned about any of the repercussions from a social media recruiting standpoint. You know, decisions are made by and large on how is this going to affect me in recruiting, which I think is a terrible way to make a decision. Because if somebody wants to join your team, if somebody wants to come to your school, they're going to look past things like that because they like you, they like their school, they like what they're going to get there in, the, in today's world. They're going to be happy with their NIL opportunities. And because you decided that a guy who quit on you is not going to stand on the sideline while everybody else is out there busting cheese, um, 
I think that's a I, – I, I applaud a coach who will do that. But yeah. I'm afraid too many coaches today are too concerned about the uh, – the 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 impact on recruiting if they do something like that and how uh, opposing recruiters will use that against them in negative recruiting. Phil, I just don't understand how anybody could look if if the UAB staff decided Dwayne McBride, you're going to stay at the hotel if you want to come to the game, pay for a taxi, pay for your ticket, you can come cheer us on. That's great, but I, I can't imagine any recruit looking at at Alabama Birmingham right now, especially in the situation that they're in with Trent Dilfer of all people coming in to coach them next season. Um, I can't imagine anybody would say, well, I don't want to go there. Look what they did to this kid who opted out the night before the game. It's just, somebody's got to make a stand, draw a line in the sand, and say this is wrong. And like I said earlier, I've, I've sort of gone back and forth, but today what Dwayne McBride did to UAB, it's not like they lost a third-string long snapper. They lost the leading rusher in the country by 70 yards over Chase Brown from mm-hmm. Illinois. I mean, you, you had to have your entire game plan built around him and then you get maybe 18 hours to fix it and change it, it's just not right. Not right at all. And if this is the direction the college athletics is heading in, we are all going to uh, be the, the be worse for it as fans well, of college sports. Sooner, sooner or later, administrators, coaches, are going to have to take back control of their game. Now, somebody is going to have to figure out how because the Supreme Court dealt them a, a blow, what was it, two years ago, when they ruled on this NIL thing, and then the NCAA, being the um, the weaklings that they are, uh, couldn't figure out how to handle the transfer situation, so they basically just opened it up for free movement. Uh, somebody, maybe this new president, somebody with a backbone and a spine, is going to have to stand up and be a leader and say, okay, you know, we've got to take – the sports back we've got to take college sports back and put some common sense rules in place not harsh rules fair rules that work for everybody that work for the coaches that work for the players but they've got to be there's there's got to be some things that are good for the players but there also have to be consequences and right now would you agree that there's no consequences for the players Uh, you know if they want to leave they leave um if they want to transfer, they transfer. When I say leave, if they want to, out. If they want to transfer, if, they transfer. If there, they want to steal no a free consequences trip, consequences for their actions. Yeah, if they want to steal a free trip from their university, hey, I'm going to go down to the Bahamas. I'll wait until right before the game and announce I'm going to opt out because what are they going to do at that point in time? I'm already here. So it's just it's it's an absolute mess. And then news coming out today that the NCAA has also issued a one-time blanket waiver in FBS football only to exempt postseason participation from the limit of four contests as a a student athlete may participate without using a season of competition. So in South Carolina's case, if they wanted to run Luke Doty out a little bit at the Gator Bowl, he would be able to play and not risk losing a redshirt year. So is that that good that you're now eligible to play five of 13 games and it not count against your eligibility? Yeah. uh, I mean, I don't uh, (laughs) – I don't know what it means. It's like you got college players and, you know, some don't ever want to leave. It's like Furman went and played a game at Incarnate Word and the quarterback was in his seventh season mm-hmm. um, and had been at multiple schools. It's like you just, you know, they don't ever want to leave or they, they bounce around from one place to another. You know what's confused everybody, too, is the COVID year, the free COVID year. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. who still has that available to be used and can they extend their college career that way? Um yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of confusing things out there about college sports right now. 
Uh, all right, Pat, what you got? You've got an opposing viewpoint. Jump in. Yeah, I do agree with you guys for the most part in, in regards to today, though, and I do firmly believe we should look at every one of these situations individually. But I do want to just point out a little bit, the young man did not steal anything from the college. UAB did not pay for that trip. Every conference in, every single conference in college football gets $2.74 million to cover all travel expenses for every bowl game. So that includes today's trip to the Bahamas. So that was all covered. That was all paid for. Had nothing to do with UAB. No money. Well, now came wait, out a minute, of wait a minute. Pockets. All right, fair enough. But he he got a free trip to the Bahamas on false pretenses, though. Totally did he agree. Totally. No, I, I agree with you there. That's why I wanted to separate the two. Totally agree with you. That's a slap fair in enough. the face to mm-hmm. his teammates. Much prefer the approach that we're seeing, whether it's South Carolina, Clemson, other teams, players, where they're doing this weeks ahead of time. They're allowing the teams to kind of reconfigure their game plan. They're allowing time for fans to decide whether or not they want to travel to these games or maybe if they've already bought tickets to sell their the tickets as opposed mm-hmm. to, I can't imagine being a UAB fan, maybe you really wanted to see this young man play one more time or you live in the Bahamas and you wanted to get to see this young man play football for once in your lifetime and then to have it the rug ripped out from beneath you the day before or the day of, yeah, that's, that's terrible. Totally, total agreement with you. The one opposing viewpoint I would like to make on the subject overall regarding bowl games is I've been making this stance that I I think a lot of these players view this game as an exhibition, bowl games, and I find myself included in that. I think outside of maybe the New Year's Six or the playoff games, the big boy games, these are just largely exhibition cash-making operations for the bowl people. Mm -hmm. The example I want to use. Uh, And for anybody out there with a phone or a computer handy, if you'll bear with me for just a minute, go to Google and pick any player, your favorite football player pre-2002, and type in, I'll use the example, Peyton Manning College Stats. And the top search you're going to get is a website called Sports Reference. That's one of the most well-known, but click on any of the sites, any of the sources you like. Well, when you scroll down and look at their stats, Peyton Manning, for instance, it'll say passing. Directly next to that, there's an asterisk says indicates bowl states oh, excuse me indicates bowl stats included you'll notice on the, next to Peyton Manning no bowl stats are included it'll say for the games each season he played 11 games remember back then they played 11 not 12 it does not include the bowl games then conversely look up maybe Connor Shaw for Carolina fans look up Trevor Lawrence for Clemson fans Go down to the same thing, passing. You'll see the asterisks next to his, and you'll see that the bowl games are included in the stats. Where I'm going with this is the NCAA did not start caring enough about bowl games to keep stats, and they've kept stats since 1937. Sports Almanac, think back to the future, think about how big that is. Stats have always been big. They did not start keeping those until 2002. So I realize that's 20 years ago now, but even the NCAA didn't care about bowl games outside of national championship games until 2002. They had bowl games have been played for over 100 years at this point, and they only cared about stats the last 20. So that would be the argument I would make is even the NCAA has viewed these over time as exhibition games as opposed to actual games. So I think a lot of the players think the same thing. What happened in 2002 that changed this? Well, that was when you started, or a couple years before that even, started seeing these massive TV contracts go out. You started seeing major sponsors jump onto every bowl game across the country. These were nothing but cash cows. They just happened to bring in teams to help raise them, raise them money. 
And a good example I'd like to use for why I think the NCAA should change this, but they refuse to retroactively change any of these totals, is Wisconsin running back, and at one point, and maybe should still be all-time leading rusher, Ron Dane. Well, Ron Dane had his, uh, he finished with 6,397 yards in the NCAA record books. He played between 96 and 99. But he also had 728 rushing yards from his four bowl games that did not, in, that did not count towards that record. Well, a couple years ago, uh, Donnell Pumphrey from San Diego State had 6,405 yards and broke Ron Dane's record because his bowl game stats counted. They did not count for Ron Dane. Even Ron Dane has been very vocal about the fact that he should still be the NCAA all-time leading rusher if you counted his bowl games. That's Good my stuff. point. You know, that's excellent points, excellent points. I'll just say this, going back about bowl games now, keep in mind that for most of their history, bowl games were not exhibition games. There were few bowl games, and bowl games determined the national championship more often than not. You had your New Year's Day bowl games. I can remember as I was coming along, what'd you have? You had your New Year's Day bowl games. You had the Gator Bowl. You had the Sun Bowl. And, you know, eventually the Peach Bowl came along. But then, and so the bowl games were important because the bowl games were your best teams in the country that season. And then they played the best matchups possible. Of course, you had the Rose which always pitted the pack, whatever it was, 8, 10, 12, against the Big Ten. Um, and the others, you know, uh, there were tie-ins. And from those winners, you determined your national champion by and large. I think there was maybe – there might have been a year or two where, like, Notre Dame didn't go to bowl games. Remember, Notre Dame refused to go to bowl games until, like, what, the 1970s, I think? But they still won the national championships based off their regular season performance. So they weren't exhibition games. They were hugely important games. Now, along comes, in 1979, ESPN. And as ESPN gradually evolves and becomes the biggest player in all of sports, especially on the college level, well, they need more and more programming. One way to have more and more programming is just to basically create bowl games. That's what they have now. They have ESPN there's a wing of ESPN simply created to create sporting events like these college basketball tournaments and or the bowl, bowl games. games. Mm-hmm. And like I think almost every bowl game is owned by ESPN. Uh, I think the Sun Bowl is still a CBS game, but almost every bowl game is owned by ESPN now. The playoffs are owned by ESPN. The point is, the point is when you created the playoff, then – you did make every other bowl meaningless in terms of the the best team in the country, the, determining a national champion. They did mm-hmm. become exhibition games. Now, in some ways, uh, you're still determining the top 10 teams, the top 25 teams based on your bowl performances. And if that's important to teams and coaches, which it certainly is, they all want to brag about it at the end of the year. But I think you're right on, Pat, when you said whenever, whatever that year was, they did become glorified exhibition games uh, by and large because – and everybody knew this. This is um, – uh, even when it came – even when they started this with the BCS and they picked out two teams to play for the national championship, it still made the other games meaningless because no matter how good you looked in your bowl game, you weren't going to win the national championship under that scenario. So, you're right. 
But we still have them for now. But the question, Chris, is with the expansion of the bowl uh, of the playoffs in the near future, how much more damage is that going to do to the bowl season, if any? Let's face it, ESPN doesn't care, truly. They don't care if you go to the games. No. They just want you to watch the games. And we all, being football addicts, watch the games. Even mm-hmm. they probably had you know a few hundred thousand watching the Bahama Bowl today. I'm sure they did, uh, especially the way that game finished up. It was actually a fairly decent game itself. It's just the underlying scenario that sort of hung over it, and they brought it. I was surprised ESPN was as blunt talking about uh, McBride not playing as they did both on TV and radio. Uh, But other than that, yeah, there'll be a lot of people watching the bowl games, whether they matter or not. I think it's irrelevant. And, of course, the playoffs have been lousy games for the most part. The, the semifinals have been lousy games. They are primarily uh, blowouts, you know. Now, we've had a few exciting games here and there, but primarily it's been uh, the, the semifinals have been lopsided affairs. Okay, we're going to hit a break, and we'll be back. Tsunami Bar Fitness Center and Training Center, also our studios in Columbia and from the PD. Back in a moment. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. On a Friday night, it's not a Founders Federal football Friday night, but there is one more football game in South Carolina tomorrow, the Shrine Bowl up in Spartanburg at beautiful, beautiful Spartanburg High School. We had Coach Jerry Brown with us last night. We wish the Sand Lappers. This is the one time, guys, we can actually root for a team, right? Absolutely. We, what was your t- we wish the Sand Lappers the best. Since I didn't get to hear the show last night, what was Jerry Brown's takeaway on his team? And at the time you've got to see the South Carolina squad practice, what, what is your takeaway from them? Oh, I didn't get to see much. I dropped in on Tuesday on my way mm-hmm. back from Clemson, saw about the last 15, 20 minutes. I mean, they got some athletes. I did see when I was there, Lenora Sellers threw a beautiful pass to Caldwell, the kid from Northwestern who's going to East Carolina, and he high-pointed the ball, went up and caught it for a – Touchdown the corner of the end zone. I mean, Lenore Sellers has got uh, talent, and, and they're also high on Raheem Jeter. So both of them are going to play at quarterback. Don't know which one is going to start, but they'll be working both of them in. So, you know, in these all-star games, it's about protecting the football, uh, getting something up front on your offensive line to give your guys a chance to throw the ball, not turning it over, and not messing up in special teams. Special yeah. teams punts, dropping the ball, bad placements, bad kicks, things like that. Um, if you can accomplish good play there, you're going you're gonna to have a chance. Okay, phone number 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. Since 2002, more than $6 billion in lottery proceeds have been used to support South Carolina educational programs. Learn more about the lottery's impact at seeducationlottery.com slash educationwins and playing for fun is a win for education. We are at Tsunami Bar uh, Training Center here in West Columbia. George Bryan is here and Tsunami Robbie. They'll be with us 730 for birdies and bogeys and biceps around South Carolina. I just had a quick lesson from George. I just had a quick le- a quick lesson from George during the break, and um, he helped me out quite a bit with my uh, little seven iron. Trying to get the turn. 
trying to get some rear end into it. Boy, if I can get some rear end into it, I'm going to hit the ball a long way. <laughs> I wonder why you were breathing so, heavy uh, when you sat back down. Now we know. Well, because I work hard. When I'm, when I'm on the range, you ever seen Tiger on the range? Tiger's mm-hmm. sweating on the range. That's me, too. I'm, I'm sweating when I'm on the range. And that's the kind of things they have here at the, uh, uh, the training center right here in the golf section. Come in here and pound balls and see yourself on video and, uh, and figure out what you're doing wrong. Okay, we got a bunch of people on the phone lines. Let's hear what you have to say. And uh, we go first tonight to – let me see here. Let me find my list. We go first tonight to um, um, Harold in Greenville. Okay, Harold, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? Good to have you with us. I'm doing fine, Corn. Thank you again. Listen, it's hard to follow mm-hmm. Pat. <laughs> but and, uh, I, I, I want Chris to know. I hadn't heard him. He, his, his opening, I ain't been more happier with him tonight than I when he opened up when, South, when Tennessee got knocked out of the dang baseball finals on that. that was the most, well, thank you, sir. That was just a double enjoyment. <laughs> Chris knows what I'm talking about. So, I, Listen, what I want to go into is more elaborate uh, first of the week about the transfer, you know, uh, about the uh, holding out of your bowl games and stuff like this. But uh, you asked me what did I want to see. I want to see the players continue their uh, involvement in the bowl teams when you got eliminated, uh, you know, whether you had an impact or not. But after that, you came up about the uh, February National Signing Day. And, I, and I've been thinking about that. And, you know, so, Cohen, I know you got mm. a big ego, but listen, big boy, you done hit the nail on the head. That's not ego, Harold. That That's Sir? just... That's not ego. No. That's just uh, self-confidence. There's a, there's a big that, difference in the two. No, it's not ego. What I'm saying is you put in sound No, I'm kidding you. I'm kidding you. Mm-hmm. I know you are. Listen, you're one man on one talk show about all the, about the you know, the recruiting stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, now let's see if my finite mind is going is, uh, <laughs> is a better point you're saying. After the National Signing Day, Teams that have players that they're expecting to sign with them and they don't sign with them, then that gives them the opportunity to bring in a transfer. Now, am I hitting this right or am I off, you know, am I wrong? Yeah, my suggestion was, my suggestion was when I went over this earlier in the week, uh, my suggestion, one of the things I think that they should do, eliminate the early signing period uh, for a number of reasons. This way, uh, coaching changes – can run their course, and players are going to know exactly who's going to be on the staffs. It also would eliminate the desire of athletic directors to fire coaches in, in, in midseason with the uh, rationale at that point of being we got to start our search early to have a coach in place before the early signing period. Uh, that will eliminate that. And um, I think also it, it will give coaches more time to evaluate uh, senior film, uh, visit with players. It's just a, it just feels like a rush-rush right now when there really isn't a need to rush. You've got a relatively small percentage who will enroll in January, and they can still do that, as I mentioned. You don't have to sign an, a letter of intent, but you can sign the scholarship papers. You can still do that if that is your desire. But 
I think eliminating the early signing period, and then you can evaluate in February after you've signed your class. Then you have the transfer portal, John. It opens up uh, the next week after the, the signing period begins because it is a month long. It's an extended signing period. It starts on Feb- in February, but it goes on for several weeks. But then you can open up the transfer portal, John, and you can see what you need. And also right. players in the portal can see where there are available spots uh, and maybe, you know, find a home. But I think the idea there is is to discourage players from transferring because, you know, you wait longer, um, you see how many spots are readily available. We do know there's a large percentage of players who don't find a new place when they go into the portal. So you are running that risk as well that you might not, you're walking away from a scholarship and a full ride and all this, you might not find one when you look somewhere else. So uh, that was some of my thinking behind that when I put that together. Well, Cohen, I got you. Listen, can you imagine what you're saying and how much of an impact if the NCAA, I don't know what you can do, would come down and have some kind of mandate to do that? that would, I'm going to say well, at least over, there's nothing over I can do. And, 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 you know, what we're doing is – and thank you for the phone call, Harold. We appreciate it. It's great hearing from you. Always good to know that people out there agree with what you're saying. Uh and there's, I mean, look, we're, we're, we're talk show hosts. We analyze things. We share our opinions. And um, we, uh, do I, are we influencers? I mean, no, no. I mean, we're not influencing the NCAA on what to do or anything like that. People above us, above this level of entertainment, has, have to uh, step up and, and look at things and decide what's best for the sport overall and not for individual uh, coaches or individual schools. You know, you got to think about the big picture. And I think the big picture is going to be eventually you, you can't have the, the, the big schools, the South Carolina, the Clemsons, uh, the Alabamas, mixed in and making and living by the same rules as the smaller schools. And, I mean, that includes, I'm sorry, you know, Coastal Carolina, the Sun Belt schools. New Jersey Tech should not be voting on the same rules that impact <laughs> them, that impact the SEC teams. I mean, you just can't operate that way. But that's been, they've been hamstrung. The bigger schools have often been hamstrung by the voting of schools that don't share the same interests. They need to go and form a division of, where all the schools of the same interest who want to pay the players and make the players professional athletes and make them employees and do everything like that. Let them go form their own organization for football and basketball, and then let everybody else do their thing um, and, and stop trying to, to intermingle the rules that, that don't work across the board. That's the problem. That's the difference with them, the NCAA, and the real pro leagues. I mean, the real pro leagues set up rules that everybody abides by but are good and or bad for everybody across the board. You know, what's good in the NFL, what's, what's good for the Giants is also good for the Packers, the biggest market and the smallest market. But that's how they survived, and that's how they thrived, and that's why they have 75,000 people at games. And that's why, you know, people still go to NFL games, even though their team is maybe not going to make the playoffs. They still go to the games, and there's always hope for next year with the way they're set up. Um, they, they share in the, in the revenues, but they also share in the rules, and it applies evenly across the board to everybody. Um, and, and the rules are set up in the best interests of all the teams. So 
that's what I think they should be doing as well when it comes to the, the college situation. All right, let's go to um, Hank in Columbia. Next up with us here on Sports Talk. Hank, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing fine, Corn. Um, you know, Corn, first, first I, I don't um, – I think that um, – with, with the you know the NCAA can't really blame anybody but themselves because as you said, um, they got so rigid with all their little stupid one A one B one C rules. Don't put enough, don't put too much sauce on the chips, all that kind of stuff. And agreed. That, and and they were so rigid without trying to to uh, evolve with the times that then they got themselves back in the corner where it came out of their hands and it ended up in the legislature's hands. And I think at one point, it, had they just um, did some common sense things, nobody would have even asked legislators to get involved. <laughs> but they, they were just agree. so rigid. Agree. They were way over the top. Yep, agree. And so they kind of killed themselves with that. Now, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the transfer thing, I think, is another a whole other deal because I think once they um, – the transfers were transferring even before the bowl game – all that thing, all that goes back to that early signing period because now players are thinking, well, they don't want teams, you know, they can actually get in and they don't want teams uh, looking at that class that they signed in December and not including them. And, it, and I think it's hurting, in that portion to me, it's hurting the high school kids because high school kids are getting roped all around when the transfers are out there. Um, but, but now I, I don't have a problem, corn. And I've told you that we, we kind of debated this. I don't have a problem with the kids who are opting out to go to the pros. Um, not like the kid today. Now, the kid, that was just ridiculous. Uh, but the kids who go ahead and let the coaches know and they've done their time, I don't have them opting out to go to the pros. And the reason I don't have them opting out to go to the pros is because it's football. And, and my issue with football is, and, that, and it's not only just college, but it's college and NFL is, it's a – it's a here today, gone tomorrow type deal. If a kid, if a kid in college that's a senior has played four years or whatever the bowl game, the NFL say whatever they want. That kid blows out his knee in the bowl game, and the NFL will take a kid that went from a first rounder, and he'll either go all the way out the draft, or he'll go all the way down to some menial thing where he's out. And and the NFL does the same thing. The NFL with these non guaranteed contracts. How many? I, there was a study done one time, corner of the amount of NFL teams that will play players up to three and a half years, because if you get 3.6 years, you can get the, the pension. And and the player will never get on another team. Good players, because they don't want to play the pension. So that's the same thing I think with these, these college kids. Um, you know, it would be nice for them to come and play in these bowl games, but the NFL will penalize them if they're hurt. And with the games that are near – December, I mean, the games near the end of December, the NFL has that combine in February, so most of these players, anything that happens in that game um, to them negatively, they're not ready for the combine. Um, they're not going to be prepared for the but combine. But let me ask you this. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Then why should these players go play in the Shriners, the Shrine Bowl, the, the East-West Shrine game, or any of the, all, because, the, the Senior Bowl? Why should they like, go play in the Senior Bowl? I'm going to tell you why they do it, Corn, because the Senior Bowl, they always tell you about 80% of the, the folks that play in that Senior Bowl are going to get drafted. And all of them are going to get hurt. By 
Yeah, but, 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 but your, your 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 logic is they run the risk of getting hurt before the draft, before they can train. You run that risk. Uh huh. But the, the thing you remember though is this, though, Corn, in the Senior Bowl, the the NFL still does the, uses the same premise. In the Senior Bowl, they go out there and they're looking at the practices because they're being practiced with NFL coaching squad. So a lot of the kids don't even play in the actual game. They go, they go yeah, but, and practice. But, but I hear what you're problem. saying. But you're rationalizing in your mind it's okay to skip a bowl game where, by the way, a player can go and make a lot of money for himself and improve his draft stock a lot with a great showing in a bowl game. But you say skip yeah. that but go play in the senior bowl or the east-west game, but you run the same risk of getting hurt there. Well, you know, this is the thing, though, Corn. This is the thing. When they go to the East-West game or the Shrine Bowl game and they have all the NFL coaches there right on site, for a lot of those players, that will be their combine. That's why you see a lot of players show up at the combine and they answer questions and take the Wonderlick test, and then that's it. And they say, well, see you at Pro Day. Because if they go in that week and they have a good week, they've done their combine, and, and they've, done their, they've done their combine for most of those coaches. I'm talking about the, these regular bowl games – that are not a part of the playoffs and, and not a part of anything. For these for these players, each player has to make uh, a decision that is good for him. And and I and you really only see this corn basically in football because the, you know if you were to say the NFL should have some chivalry, remember the guy, uh, remember Willis McGahee? <laughs> the NFL yes. Had, he mm-hmm. got hurt. He got hurt in that overtime. He got hurt in that overtime play. Now everybody knew that that kid was a was a great running back. He'd been a great running back. He'd have to rehab an injury, but but his pocket paid for it. And so I think once you once that happened a couple of times, that we it's the it's the actions of adults that have moved some of these kids to do what they do. Yeah. All right, we got to go. Thank you very much. Uh, I hear what you're saying. Um, I still think that you can't run away from injury. Of course, I'm not in that boat. I'm not in your shoes. I have nothing to risk. I do know that in college you can get insurance policies, that if you are considered an elite player, you can get insurance policies to cover uh, your, your you know, to pay you a lot of money in case of a catastrophic injury or anything like that. So there are things you can get in college to help protect yourself. I think that's well known. Got to hit the break. Be back in a moment. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plate it for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's What's for Dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. 
Hi, I'm Jim Corbett. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years. There's one thing I've learned about injury cases. It's you need the personal touch. You need the lawyer to get to know you and describe your damages. You don't want a case manager talking to an insurance company and then talking to you and then talking to maybe to a lawyer with limited experience at the last minute to try to settle a case. I talk to you. I find out what your case is about. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com for your injury cases. Hi, this is Phil Kornblut of Sports Talk here with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. What words of wisdom do you have for those hitting the water this summer? Phil, collisions can be prevented easily if every vessel operator fulfills three major responsibilities. One, practice good seamanship. It's the responsibility of every boat or PwC operator to take all necessary action to avoid a collision. Two, keep a proper lookout. Failing to keep a sharp lookout is the most common cause of boating collisions. And finally, maintain a safe speed. Remember, boat safe, boat smart. Show your team pride wherever you go with Founders Federal Credit Union's Collegiate Debit Cards. Get your University of South Carolina and Clemson University debit cards at any Founders office or by calling 1-800-845-1614. Plus, our debit cards are digital wallet ready, so you can pay however you please. Not a member? Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games set from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Join the Trailblaze Challenge, the endurance hike program where big hearts come together for big steps to create hope for local wish families through Make-A-Wish South Carolina. This spring, take part in a new journey on the Palmetto Trail. From sunrise on the highest peak in South Carolina to the coastal marshes of the Lowcountry, hikers of all levels can support critically ill children, enjoy and explore the outdoors, and build South Carolina pride and community through an all-inclusive hike experience. Visit sctrailblazechallenge.org to learn how to get started. That's sctrailblazechallenge.org. Think big. Life-changing. I'm talking education. Inventive. Next-level education. Wake up. For 20 years, education has received billions in funding. Where, you ask? <laughs> right here, across our state, in your own backyard. Who has done this? Well, if you've ever played the lottery, that would be you. Thank you. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. Uh, Gamecocks did offer running back Mario Anderson Jr. the transfer from Newberry.
Division II All-American out of Somerville, I would expect sooner than later that he'll announce a commitment to the Gamecocks. He had Tarleton State as an offer and Tennessee State as an offer since going into the transfer portal, John. But I would expect that he would commit to South Carolina here before too much longer. So would he be one of the three that happened that are out just there, a little think? while ago? Uh, maybe uh, not. I, was gonna... I don't think so. Uh, they, they just offered him uh, about yeah. an hour ago, yeah, recently. So probably not one of the three that's already out there. So, but wouldn't be surprised if something from Beamer comes out uh, here in the not too distant future. Stay tuned to the to the Beamer Twitter page <laughs> to, to to learn more. In the meantime. Give him a free plug as if he needs it. Uh, we go to Andy in Columbia next up here on Sports Talk. Andy, welcome in. How are you? Hey, Corn, Chris, and Pat. First off, whoever hasn't been to y'all's website yet needs to go there and read the article on Blackstock. That's very eye-opening. And Well, uh, thank of- you. I, that's why I wrote it. I, I, went, I debated it. I sat on it for a while, debated it. Now, real, and then I just realized that I think it, the information needed to be to be told. Not as a, that's not a criticism of South Carolina. What I'm trying to point out and make people aware is, like South Carolina, Clemson, maybe they're trying to do things the right way with NIL, but you got but others, of course, it. who are, are doing something else, and you're gonna and you're gonna lose players as a result of it. And 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 Clemson's feeling it too. Well, look at the corn in the article. His father says it's not about the money. Well, when it's, it's not absolutely about the about money, the money. <laughs> he sits there and says that he loves Beamer and he loves South Carolina. If it's not about mm-hmm. the money, why aren't we at least one of the remaining top five? It's Andy, about the you know money. Well. He came in in the Tennessee game and watched us put sixty-three on Tennessee, but he still wants to be a ten- still wants to go to Tennessee, and we all know why. Because Tennessee, not you go to the McDonald's and you get big old bags of cash. Not only that, that he was one of the, other he was one of the folks that stormed the field. Well, this he was probably the biggest guy on the film. He, he he was so caught up in the moment he stormed the field. That's why. And thank you for the call. We we got to go to the break. But thank you for mentioning that. We'll talk about it in recruiting. I mean, I thought South Carolina was going to get the kid. I thought they were in really good shape to get him. And then all of a sudden, it turned cold. And then all of a sudden, he's they're not even in his five. And so I kind of dug to find out why. We'll hit the break and be right back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, we're back with you here on Sports Talk. Tonight we're at the Tsunami Fitness Center, Tsunami Bar Fitness Center in West Columbia. And we're going to get back to your phone calls in a moment. Got recruiting coming up as well. Uh, At the bottom of the hour, uh, birdies and bogeys and biceps around uh, South Carolina (laughs) with George Bryan. The biceps part of the show is joining us here. uh, Rob Thames, who is the Chief Product Design Specialist over current and new product design and development, manufacturing and production, and technical education at the Performance Strength Designs for Tsunami Bar Sports. 
That's a long title. Wow, I didn't even know I had that's, a title. That's a highly <laughs> educated title right there. <laughs> hey, it's, uh, it's great to see you in person. We always enjoy talking to you on Friday nights, but it is tremendous to see you and come out here and uh, been here before and get a chance to see it again. But uh, this is a the golf area is my kind of my favorite place. I love to pick up a club and swing it in here. Yeah, I imagine you guys sneak over here quite a bit. Yeah, I make it a point to make excuses to come over here, and then I just have to take at least ten swings. Yeah, and then uh, then I'll get back to work. It's amazing how you're just attracted to a golf <laughs> club and you see golf balls on the ground. And you're attracted to the golf club and the ball, and you just want to swing them into the net. you got to hit it. There's yeah. just no way you can pass a ball by without putting a swing on it. Yeah. Uh, tell everybody about where you're located and what you guys are doing out here. 720 Chris Drive, West Columbia. If you take, the, uh, take Chris Drive, if you're coming from 378 near Lexington County Hospital, uh, you turn up the light near, at the McDonald's. That's Chris Drive. Come on down. You'll pass Man Tool, which is a well-known place in the, in the Columbia area, and uh, we're like the second uh, next building on the on the left. Yeah, and uh, big manufacturing building. Been here for a long time, and we've bought it over a period of time, piece by piece by piece, and now we have the whole thing. And uh, then now getting ready to expand upon that to. Give us more golf area. Amazing. We need more golf area. Instead of more cowbell, we need more <laughs> golf. Uh, so, more uh, cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to do that. We're going to expand on Can it. people just walk in and see what you've got going on? Well, yeah. At, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is a manufacturing plant, so there's a lot of things going on. You can't just walk into any door that's available. Right. But uh, the one that says office on one side of the building, and if you're on the tsunami side, um, the, the tsunami bar, uh, training center door is usually open when Ken's in here working out his clientele. And, uh, if it's not, if he happens to be gone and it's locked up, uh, then the next double set of double doors down, you can come in. I'm right there. Mm-hmm. And, um, anybody can just introduce themselves to me. It's happened many times. Sure. They come in, they look at the place. They say, I'm looking, usually they ask, they, uh, where's tsunami Robbie at? And that, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of how they find How me. many clients would you say you guys work with? Ooh, you know, there's probably about um, uh, with sh- the people that Sheila works with, the people that I work with, the people that Ken works with, the people that George works with, um, then Brad and Jared, they come over here and work with a, with a clientele. There's probably well over 100 people that uh, that come in and out, and they're not all constant. Some of them mm-hmm. are, are kind of seasonal, uh, like Brad and Jared's people are, are usually here during the school time. Yeah. Now that school's kind of winding down a little bit for the uh, the holiday break. Uh, they're taking a break now for a little bit. And then golf, I don't think, kicks back up in the high schools until maybe February or March. I'm not quite sure. What would you say is your specialty? Mine or the or the entire place? You. My, I really started, I was a strength and conditioning coach at the college level. I got my start when I was at the University of Alabama, and I started as a volunteer. So mm-hmm. I got to clean the mirrors and pick up all the weights and do all the stuff that the volunteers get to do. But it was a great – I just wanted to be a part of the program. I really wasn't looking to be strength and conditioning at all, even though I was a, a weightlifter and competitive bodybuilder for quite a number of years before that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, just fell, I just fell into the position, uh, being around the program, having been an athlete uh, before. Um, you know, I kind of gave it up uh, um, uh, at the end of my high school career. I had some injuries that kind of kept me, kept me back a little bit, and I knew I couldn't play anymore. Uh, and then when I got to Alabama and I started volunteering, I said, man, I, I can kind of fit into this niche right here. I can coach these guys. And uh, so I, I learned a lot and um, kind of, you know, hooked my wagon up to that and, and uh, 
stayed in the Alabama system until 2001. Yeah. And I finished at the University of Alabama, Birmingham, under Coach Watson Brown. Oh. Uh, Mac Brown's brother. Right. And, um, you know, it was kind of interesting, uh, that coaching staff. We had, uh, you know, we had lots of coaches that, that had played and coached for Bear Bryant mm-hmm. uh, and, and been involved with uh, my boss at the time. Uh, he was a player at Mississippi State. Uh, we had a lot of high-level guys on the coaching staff. Pat Sullivan was our offensive coordinator, so uh, you know we got a Heisman Trophy winner on the on the staff. Yeah, and uh, and we had a lot of big plans there. Uh, you know, getting a, our own stadium instead of working out of the old Gray Lady. Uh, you know that uh, Legion Field, the old Legion Field. Yeah, you know, that was something else. Yeah, but, but the Alabama Birmingham, we couldn't attract eighty-five thousand people to fill it up. Right. So we needed something a little bit smaller, a little more unique, and. Um, they and got they, it now. They do. They do have it now. And they won a bowl game today. And I didn't know that. Yeah, they won the Bahamas Bowl. Uh, well, very good. Yeah. I wonder if they'll get, a, like, a ring posthumously. I, I just, <laughs> well, you're not dead. <laughs> no, but I, I feel like I'm dead of the program now. Uh, you can and get one after the fact. Yeah, the mm-hmm. uh, the, the um, because that program, it, it, um, it went off the off the radar for two right. years, They I shut it down. Mm-hmm. And uh, then picked it back up with, uh, with the help of alumni and supporters. And uh, people that have been in the program, like when I was there, Brian Thomas, who was a first or second round draft choice with the New York Jets and played there for maybe 10 years. And we had several of those guys, but we could get the Proposition 48 guys that yep. had trouble getting into some of the other schools. So we had Alabama and Auburn and Tennessee talent. We just didn't have it deep enough. Sure. Uh, so when we played, uh, you know, we played Virginia Tech, uh, Tennessee, Oklahoma, when they were all rolling. And we could play them into the fourth quarter, but we couldn't hang with them after that. we just run out of gas. Yeah. But uh, we had a great time with it. Um, you know, we came close one year to, to um, when I was there to win in Conference USA. And uh, that was going to be our first bowl trip. And I was, man, I wanted, the, I wanted that bad. But we didn't quite make it. Even beat LSU at LSU at night. Whoa. And uh, so that was a – That's hard to do. You know, but you could hear the – Pin drop, thing, <laughs> which was great. <laughs> well, I just wanted to say hello and uh, thank you for having us out. And you're going to come back with George. Yes, sir. At the bottom of the hour, birdies and bogeys and biceps. Biceps. Around South Carolina. We'll dive more into things at that point. Yeah, yeah. Look forward to it. Good seeing you. Thank you, Phil. All right. Robbie Thames, also known as Tsunami Robbie. He also goes by, as he was telling me, Robbie Thames, because his name is English and it's spelled just like the Thames River. Over there in uh, jolly old England. And we thank you very much for joining us, Robbie. Talk to you in just a few minutes. Uh, recruiting is coming up. We're on a tight schedule. Let's get back to your phone calls. 888 is the number. And um, Andy was still with us as we hit the break. He had one more thing he wanted to drop in. So, oh, okay. Andy's gone. We go to Bruce out in uh, Missouri then. Bruce, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? Well, I'm fine, Phil. Thanks for taking my call. Um, just got one word to say about all the uh, junk that's going on with the today's um, colleges. And uh, you, you made an example of uh, the pro football teams uh, having the rules to go by and, and, and stick to the rules. All of them have to do it. it it's teammanship. Teammanship. Now, an example of teammanship is when the uh, Louisiana Tech team members wrote every one of the team members wrote a letter to Breezy about his sister dying. Some of them could have said, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. But they volunteered to do that as a team. It's gone. It's the individual now. 
and you can intercept the pass, and you can run your little butt down the down the sidelines, holding the ball above your head, and everybody's cheering for you. You know, it's a show off, and they and they they want attention. That's all they want is their attention, not not the team, but their attention. And the coaches have to reel these people in. And this this is what's going on with the problems, even tackling. They don't even tackle. They walk down the field with the, with the guy running the ball 10 yards, 15 yards, and then they stop him. You know, it's, uh, it's not even football. It's kind of crazy crap. But um, his teammanship is gone out the window. And that's my uh, yeah. rant. All right, thanks very much. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, teammanship, Chris, have you heard that word before, that term, teammanship? And see, then it's that's the case where there is actually an I in teammanship. So I don't know that that would be one that coaches would gravitate towards, would they, to fix the problems no, that Bruce I, is pointing out? <laughs> I mean, you know, listen, the, the, the older people that listen to the show, the folks who've been sports fans a long time, and I think you can hear the voices, I mean, they're the ones who are, are put out by what's happening with today's college scene because they've, they've known it one way and, and it's changing mm-hmm. before their very eyes. The younger sect, you know, the guys and gals who are in college now or, or maybe they're in high school and they're college sports fans, they're getting out of college, they're just getting started with their professional lives. And, I mean, this is all they know. And, uh, and for, to them, I'm sure it's all fine and dandy what's going on uh, on the collegiate scene right now. So uh, un- until the old guard kind of, you know, dies out and, and moves on out to pasture, um, you're, you're going to have people who, um, who don't like what's going on, going to complain about it and uh, because they knew it a different way and they don't want to see it change. They, uh, they're seeing it uh, change and they don't believe it's change for the right reasons or uh, – change for the right things and uh, they don't want to see what they've enjoyed and loved and supported all these decades uh, go away but it is going away i don't see any turning back um i see i see pure professionalism not just on the college level ladies and gentlemen but the high school level as well you know as i pointed out last night there's a new service available now where high school top high school recruits can be signed up and they list their top ten schools, and then you go and you buy their trading cards and whatever their T-shirts and their shoes and whatever. Uh, and this this organization, they keep fifteen percent, and the player gets eighty-five percent. So it's starting earlier and earlier, guys. And you knew this was going to happen eventually. And there's no stopping it. Well, and if I remember, and I was trying to pull up the, the story while you were mentioning this, Phil, but if I'm not mistaken, sometime either late yesterday afternoon or today, the state of California is proposing a bill that ultimately, if it runs through its course and it's approved, there would be an opportunity for players to be treated just like employees and would allow them to unionize. And at that point in time, you yep. absolutely have professional athletes. And the, the model... Yep that we're still trying to hold on that the group you talked about, and I, I include myself into that group as a 50 something now, but that, that model will be blown up never to return if that occurs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you for the phone call. Uh, we lost Andy. So I think our lines have cleared. So let's go ahead and hit the break and we'll come back with the recruiting report here on sports talk. And then um, at the bottom of the hour, birdies and bogeys and biceps around uh, South Carolina. How you like that? We're adding biceps to the uh, 
to the show now at the bottom of the hour on Friday night. It was night. interesting for me to be able to see Robbie Thames on camera because we've only heard him the times you've had him on mm-hmm. so because normally he's on the phone. When you put him on the camera, I understood why you mm. said you wanted to add biceps. That guy is jacked. And, and it was funny when, when Pat tweeted that out to us on our instant, yeah. instant messaging. I thought, well, part of that was because he was a strength and conditioning coach. And then he pointed out being a bodybuilder. So I, I totally understand why yeah. he's in considerably much better shape than the three of us. Well, at least the two of us, Phil, combined. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Pat looks like he's in pretty good shape. But he doesn't yeah, have a lot of Pat He needs that, some work yeah. on the biceps. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's got the thin body, but the biceps could stand some work. All right, recruiting is coming up after the break. We'll be back in just a moment. Don't go away. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's, where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions played it for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. You were always more than my mom. You were my role model, my best friend, and biggest supporter. You filled my days with unconditional love. And you also prepared for the day when you couldn't be here. Because of the woman you were back then, I'm able to be the woman I am now. Your planning made this moment possible. Set your family up for life. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance. Your friends for life. Life insurance isn't for you. It's for those you love the most. For a complete insurance review, call Buddy Bridges in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. Serving Lawrence, Clinton, and the shores of Lake Greenwood. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Not licensed to do business in all 50 states. In Columbia, South Carolina, game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue. We're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. 
All right, time for the recruiting report. On this Friday night, it is brought to you by our good friends at Seawells. I went out today for the Roast Beef Friday Partay at Seawells. Man, let me tell you, it was everything that we talk about. It was outstanding. Had a good bit of roast beef, had a little bit of uh, spaghetti. I seldom mix the two. Chris and Pat, seldom do I have roast beef and spaghetti together, <laughs> but I was just overwhelmed with emotion because the uh, the young lady who was um, who was the carver of the roast beef gave me quite a bit. I didn't really ask for it, and so I celebrated by throwing a little piece of uh, spaghetti and, and meatball sauce on top of that. Uh, really good. A little macaroni, uh, some green beans, a salad, nice dessert, uh, all the tea you can drink. Now, they will be open – through, um, what did uh, Cal tell me? I think it's uh, Thursday of next week is about the, the last day for the buffet before they break for the holidays. So uh, uh, make a note of that. And, of course, they're, they are so busy with catering right now. Uh, they're doing great business, which means, of course, uh, you need something in catering. Uh, you want to go to the people who know what they're doing and can do it best, uh, and that is Seawells. Their number is 803 771 Five. Pat, you didn't make it over there today for uh, RBF? I did not, and I am curious how much gravy you used and if you were brave enough to try a little on your spaghetti, because I was going to try that. Well, well, I did use some gravy on top of the mashed potatoes and the roast beef. I think accidentally some of it dripped over to the spaghetti, okay. um, but it got lost <laughs> in the uh, red sauce. In the sauce. It got lost in the, the sauce. in the red sauce. and. <laughs> in the meat in the red sauce. So, Okay, so Clemson got a commitment from safety receiver Khalil Barnes of Bogart, Georgia. Uh, he'll be a safety at Clemson. He said upon his announcement picking the Tigers over Notre Dame in Oklahoma that he visited there the most of all the schools he visited, and the decision was real easy. Dabo Sweeney, Mickey Kahn set their sights on him months ago, and he visited Clemson in October. Uh, after decommitting from Wake Forest and getting the Clemson offer. And he also came back for an official visit. So he had a real good look at Clemson, determined that was the best place. 44 tackles, eight picks, and seven passes broken up. And he had 53 receptions, 879 yards, eight touchdowns. Tonight, USC offered Newberry transfer running back Mario Anderson Jr. And... Nothing more yet from him. He was in to watch practice today. I would imagine, in fact, I'm almost definite, this is going to lead to a commitment to the Gamecocks from Mario Anderson, Jr., a native of Somerville, who was a D2 All-American this year, terrific player at Newberry, rushed for over 1,500 yards this season. So I would look for something there to come down the pike here pretty soon. The list of weekend visitors for USC was updated this afternoon to include a JUCO defensive tackle Elijah Davis, Oklahoma State transfer running back Dominique Richardson, Yale transfer offensive lineman Nick Gargulio, 2024 receiver Mazio Bennett, and 2024 offensive tackle Blake Franks, both of Greenville, 24 offensive lineman Josiah Thompson of Dillon, 24 offensive lineman Cam Pringle of Woodland, 24 linebacker Wendell Gregory of Marietta, Georgia. 
Tight end Reed McKeska of Cypress, Texas, is taking his official to USC this weekend. Committed to Miami, once committed to Clemson. Arkansas transfer tight end Trey Knox, also expected to be taking an official to USC this weekend. 45 games with the Razorbacks. He caught 81 passes for 892 yards and nine touchdowns. Maryland transfer tight end C.J. Dupree was scheduled. He had said he was going to visit USC this particular weekend, but there's been no confirmation that he is coming in this weekend. He was at Alabama last weekend, and that might have uh, cinched the deal there. Also scheduled for officials to USC this weekend, Virginia commitment linebacker Cameron Robinson of Tappahannock, Virginia. Cornerback Tyshawn Russell of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. He's also a wide receiver. And commitments, defensive tackle Xavier McLeod and tight end Cameron Sandlin. Uh, Robinson was at Virginia, Virginia Tech in the summer officially in Florida State last weekend. And Russell visited Virginia Tech last weekend. 2024 tight end Michael Smith of Savannah plans to visit USC on Sunday for the bowl practice. The Gamecocks are in his final eight, and he commits on January 24th. As I mentioned, Shane Beamer sent out two more commitment alerts on uh, Thursday night. Uh, and who knows, maybe one was for Florida transfer tight end Nick Elksness, 6'6", 250. Uh, he was in for a visit yesterday and I believe is staying through the weekend. So one of those could have been for him. Who knows? Tight end defensive end Nick Petrillo, 6'3", 225, a Fork Union prep. Visited USC late in the season, plans to be back for a bowl practice. Clemson target running back Jamarius Haynes was offered by Georgia Tech. And uh, let's see, what else, what else, what else here? Um, Dutch Fork quarterback Aliam Ampler offered by Benedict. Uh, Woodland athlete Sudarian Harrison announcing Wednesday, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Louisville, and Oklahoma, his uh, final four. And then the other story that uh, I had written on offensive guard Keyshawn Blackstock of Coffeyville Junior College in Kansas. And South Carolina was heavy on him. They were in his top 12. He took an official visit the weekend of November 16th. He spoke highly of Shane Beamer and offensive line coaches Greg Atkins and Lonnie Teasley. He said relationships were a big part of his decision, but then the Gamecocks did not make his top five this week. Oregon, Southern Cal, Michigan State, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. I talked to his dad earlier in the week before he put out that list. And Keith Blackstock is the father's name. And he said, it's not necessarily all about the money. Uh, he said, you've got all these schools offering all these opportunities. And you've got South Carolina that's literally at the bottom of the whole crop when it comes to what they can offer a kid. It kind of sucks, you know. It may be a great school. It ain't about money, but one injury and you can never play football again. That's one of the things at South Carolina. They don't, they don't really have opportunities like some of the other schools do. NIL stuff, NIL opportunities. He said other people are using that as a recruiting tool. He said, I'm not downing anyone. He did like South Carolina a lot. Other schools are offering opportunities for it and giving you examples. South Carolina just doesn't have those things. It's nothing against them. Other schools are using that as a recruiting tool. And me personally, I don't think that should be done. Nothing is guaranteed. And on and on he went in the article, basically saying he really liked South Carolina. His son really liked it for a lot of reasons, but other schools offered better NIL opportunities, which is totally legal in today's mm -hmm. world. And I wrote this to kind of point out what South Carolina, Clemson, they're kind of up against in this world of NIL recruiting.
We'll be back after the break. Four. Straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle. Then it started to hook just a wee, wee bit. And that's when my caddy lost sight of it. That little white pellet has never been found to this day. Okay, we continue with sports talk. We're at the Tsunami Bar Training Center. And uh, we're here now. We've got Tsunami Robbie. You heard from him earlier. George Bryan III is here. Birdies and bogeys and biceps. Around uh, the state of name. South Carolina. Not a way to rip well, through I mean, it. You just, you just, of... I walked in and you looked at my biceps, didn't you? <laughs> and I said, we got to. Can't miss you, You've been working out. You've been uh, getting yourself fit. And you know, the fit golfer is the golfer who hits it longer and straighter. Well, and you're looking at In him. some ways. You're looking me right in the eye. Yeah, yeah. And bicep. Well, well I know you hit it straight. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen George hit a shank. Uh, uh, he can uh, hit it. Hey, and we're we're sitting in these seats. Mm. We're absolutely Purina. Purina. It's a stripe show, baby. I like it. From from these seats, the radio seat. The the more we sit, See, the better we get. I feel like just taking off my headset and going over there and hitting balls while you guys talk and kind of analyze what you're seeing over there. That'd yeah. be a pretty well, we've good already. Show. Uh, yeah. I had you in in the. We're in the uh, golf lab yeah. of the Tsunami Bar Training Center. Yeah. Tsunami yeah. Bar Sports Training Center. Yeah. Tsunami and Bar I had Sports. to I had to position you in such a way that this lab could hold you. <laughs> because you almost grew right out of it, Phil. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and the first time I stepped up over here a little, a little bit ago, Robbie, George said uh, he, he made me turn. And I said, why are you turning me? He goes, because I don't want you to shank it and hit that metal bar. <laughs> and I'm too close. <laughs> you hit that metal bar and somebody else is going to get hit. You're going to shank it. And uh, – Let's talk golf uh, for a couple of minutes before we get into other yeah, things, okay? To. Because um, here it is mid-December. We've got the, the, the PNC uh, team challenge uh, taking place on the – that's a fun event on the PGA oh, PGA side with the, with the fathers and sons yep. playing and all that kind of stuff, Woods and Duvalls. Mothers and, and daughters or mothers or daughters – and fathers. Okay. Nelly, Nelly we got Porter, mixture. Yeah. Father, yeah. How about that? But what's happening? What are you hearing around South Carolina golf-wise this, this time of the year? I mean, is the weather has not been too harsh to get out there, and except for the rain here recently. It's been pretty nice to get out there and get some rounds in. So, for 31, this is the 31st year, the winter tour is taking place right here in the Midlands. Cool. So, uh, the theme is winter tour. Parents and kids get out to play together. Not in the same format as the PNC. Uh, parents caddy for children, and they go to golf courses every Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock. You can check, go to any of the websites. Uh, if you went to Lexington Recreation and Aging, you could find it. Irmo Chapin, you could find it. But uh, it's been it's just year 31. So for over 30 years, I've always looked at this time to be the best time mm-hmm. to get out and play and practice. It's also the training season. I didn't know it was 30-plus years. 30 is 30. This is the 31st year. Holy cow. Yeah. So this is where you feel like if you're an accomplished golfer and, you know, you're on a team or maybe you're on a tour or something, this is the time of year where you kind of make it happen to get yourself set up for the 23 season. Exactly. And most people don't realize it. Most folks try to do what they – I say most, not all. 
they put the clubs up, they watch football, and that's all cool. Mm. It leaves the golf courses open. And so, uh, but the best players in the world have always used this time of year to make the changes in their game, get stronger, faster. I know, you know, the folks in front of you right now, Tsunami Robbie and I, we don't mm. need that. Right. Those other folks do. All right, <laughs> let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I want to talk about not your elite golfers, okay, because you guys, you know, you know what you're doing out there. But let's just talk about the average Joe who's getting in a round today. He's a, he's a 12, man, that's too low. He's a 15 to 22 handicap. Now, the conditions are different now. It's colder. Uh, it's heavier. It's wetter. You got the ryegrass. You got the overseed. You're not getting the carry. You're not getting the roll like you do in the summer. Right. So what do you do? What's your key adjustments that you make? Hit more club and uh, change the expectation of performance a little bit. And when you hit more club, change that expectation. You're How much not, more club would you hit? Uh, depends on degrees. At, uh, say, today uh, at 50 degrees, it could easily be one and a half clubs. Mm-hmm off of normal that means you hit one and a half clubs more do you find that some people are just so stubborn they're like okay i'm 150 yards and i normally hit an eight iron Mm -hmm. i am not going to drop down to a six iron (laughs) you are in front of the most stubborn one you have ever seen really me absolutely and i still but one of the things i did learn is to add more club and still be stubborn but (laughs) it is so, so sometimes it's even more than that because your body doesn't move. Tsunami Robbie, talk a little bit about how you warm up that body to well, get it to move better. Yeah, that's, you know, vitally important this time of year, especially in these cold temperatures when then you're a little bit stiff just getting started. Uh, you might not even spend as much time on the, on the practice tee before you get out there to, to number one, you know, to start your round. Be warmed up however you go about it. You know, we like to use the tsunami tools for that. We uh, take the 47 from heaven out of the bag and go and through. By the way, the 47 from heaven, I got to tell you, Phil, we're going to be filming over the holidays, <laughs> and we're going to come out on the other side with amazing things. Keep going. Yeah. 47 from heaven. Yeah, we've Fits got, in your bag. Oh, it's fantastic. And we've got some some uh, protocols that we uh, fill the things that we went through. I've got I've, we've got plenty more stuff yeah. to, to tap into. Yeah. Uh, but that stick alone will help you get warmed up, ready, your your body becomes more pliable, uh, easier to move. Getting in that turn, talking about your turn right over here, it helps you get, you know, deeper into your backswing. Uh, your club head speed is going to be faster as you come down. Your follow through easier to stick that balance, uh, maintain that balance on your swing. Uh, so important. Speaking of speaking of, uh, like I made a suggestion, to you drive back into the right hip a little more. Mm. Phil, you plugged it in. That means you cashed on that. I the did. body listened. <laughs> But too much thinking, George. No, but I mean, it's too you much did good. Thinking. You I did to, good with that. But I mean, I got to, it's too much thinking. But you still. I have to make myself do it. It's not natural. Well, that's what the training season's for. Sometimes yeah. you, uh, if, if you only do what you feel like doing, uh, you might not reach your capacity or mm-hmm. your potential. Mm-hmm. You, you want to, you got to force yourself into a few things. And, and it, at least the cool thing about the tsunami bar, it doesn't hurt you yeah. like traditional weight. So you got them. And I think I pulled it out. I played last week before I got on the first tee. Didn't get a chance to hit balls, but I did putt and then got to the first tee, pulled out my tsunami bar. Nice. Gave it some wiggles, gave it some shakes, put it behind me, gave me a few little turns. It does. 
at the very least, it does loosen you up. Yeah. And it does get you ready to go for that first swing. Then I pulled out the Laginator. Well, you guys don't make the Laginator. Oh, yeah. Make well, you make the, you he make makes the everyone. The man right here. You make the Laginator, yeah. too. He touches everything. Well, I think the Laginator is a must-have. George and I designed it. and uh, we, George? It, yeah. Yeah, we got together on that. We collaborated. Uh, he had an idea that he wanted something to make a, some type of audible feedback at impact, uh, knowing that the flexible barbell technology would give us some form of lag in the club. Or, or the device, mm. and, um, you know, I went to the drawing table and started putting things together, made some prototypes for him. Uh, he came back with the feedback of what might need to be changed length-wise, uh, weight-wise, whatever the, you know, grip-wise, and, uh, you know, ended up with a, a product um, in the original Laginator, and then it spawned off into the midsize and uh, and the, uh, what do you call the uh, smaller one? I used light. to be junior, but it's called light. light now. So if you're ready to mash that tater. <laughs> uh, how long, how long was the original? The original is how long? Right like at club right, length? About 30 inches. On, yes, okay. only 30 inches. Okay. Um, and then the now the 47 from heaven is a little bit more like a, a, a six iron length, seven iron length. Mm-hmm. But the Laginator is a little bit shorter. You can use it indoors, not worry about hitting your walls and ceilings. And, uh, and then the light, uh, George uses, has a whole lineup of protocol for, for one arm use. Um, and uh, I've, seen him, I've seen him do it. I'm not nearly as good at the, uh, the, at the uh, protocol with the light as George is, but he's, he's been coaching me up on it, so I'm learning a little bit. I'll tell you what, you can watch it, Phil. You put some uh, – your website, throw that out. Our website is sportstalksc.com. 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 You can go there and see the video. I got another video up there right now. It says if you go by what YouTube tells you in their statistics, right? Things have been viewed over three thousand times. All right. Yeah. So people are looking at it. I don't know if they're looking at me or you, Robbie. No, but, uh, it's probably you. You're the star. Of this no, day. it's probably yeah, looking at you. Wa- <laughs> you're giving the instruction. Hey, but, but it's on they- our website, and there's also a link to Tsunami Bar Sports. Right there, just click on the digital ad, take you right to y'all's website. Beautiful. Which is a lot more detailed about what's going on. Yeah, we've got descriptions and and, um, other uh, science behind the product. There's a lot of science behind it. It's not anything that we just came up with uh, because we had an idea. Um, You know, we started with an idea, and then we put it together, and then it's been studied. So we have data behind what this thing can do, how it activates prime movers, how it uh, activates uh, stabilizers a- to the degree of how they compare to what you might do traditionally with a standard Olympic uh, barbell and how you would exercise over the last 100 years with weightlifting and resi- resistance training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a science behind the product. There's a reason th- that it does what it does, and the results that we get to speak for themselves. I'm a little disappointed, not that I'm unhappy to see you two guys here. Oh, come on now. But I was really hoping to also see David Abernathy and Mike Armstrong here because I was going to challenge them into a weightlifting contest. That would work out really well. <laughs> We'd have to move out to the main floor hey, to get those here. two guys. They're in here. here in spirit. And, I, by the way, I need to – you, Tommy Ganey, I was supposed to yeah, invite yeah. him over, yeah, yeah, but yeah. we have been refurbishing here at our training center. When yeah. you see it, it's, next time anybody sees it, it's mm-hmm. going to be uh, – completely different what are you going to do what it's, doing? it's already been it's doing it's going on right now okay we're now cosmetically adding i'll just say the paint but yeah. it's technically not paint you're going to get tommy in here and work with him yeah we hope to yeah. but i owe him an apology i told him last week we were going to call yeah but we've been refurbishing in here but the spirit of abs and 
Armstrong. Armstrong. It's here. <laughs> yeah, they're they're here yeah. with us right now. That's <laughs> I mean, they're not. I don't. They're not deceased or anything. No, I just no, saw no you, man, I just you saw them last in, week. You can't walk in. You, they, but Mike Armstrong, Mike Armstrong, um, I covered him yep. in recruiting out of high school. He was a big-time defensive lineman coming out of uh, North Carolina, yep. came to South Carolina, unfortunately had a terrible knee injury. Mm-hmm. But, man, he looks like he could line up, put his hand in the dirt right now, and run you over. Yeah, we uh, we, we talk about it all the time, uh, picking on each other, how yep. he always looks like he's just jacked up and ready to go. Yeah. But you know you're right. He's 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 tall. He's got length and his arms, and and uh, he could run like the wind back in the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's so he's extremely athletic. Uh, very unfortunate about the because uh, that was one of those devastating knee injuries. And back in the eighties, yeah, when the technology right. on the on how we mi- uh, fix these things mm-hmm. isn't as good as it is now. And um, and he's been you know um, the loss for him personally, turned into a great gain for all the kids he's touched as a coach, mm-hmm. uh, as a strength and conditioning coach. And and believe me, whether it's been Spring Valley, River Bluff, uh, Lugolf Elgin, um, the work that he does at Gray Academy, the teams that come out when they do the off-season strength meets, his guys come out on top and take the iron home regularly. He can coach them up and he can get the results out of these guys. Yeah, and that's one of the things that the team abs. David Abernathy uh, is the director of of, uh, of uh, I'll call it enthusiasm. Mm. Oh <laughs> goodness gracious, he he invented the bar, but he also is the one that that uh, is the leader and is the lead trainer yeah. uh, on all the major protocols and the benefits of the bar. And so, hey, we th- you can preview. The technology around town, Coosa Golf, uh, Country Club of Lexington. Uh, Chris Miller just uh, got a few pieces. And then uh, 24-7 Fitness and the Players Club right downtown on Main Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, over at the beach, uh, let's see, and Aner, uh, Andrew, and at Charleston, David Ayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is not Heritage? Uh, so I'm – I've got to reference some notes. We'll right. get those out later. But but these the the Heritage can, Club down in the Litchfield. No, it's um it's David but what, but what you're saying is the equipment's getting spread around the state. <laughs> it, it is. It's. Uh, I was it's trying all. to come up with a list. Of, <laughs> okay, uh, George. Uh, so Bill pulling you out the hole. Doug Brown. The, the older you get, I understand this. The older you get, and my the harder won't it let is. Let me look into the phone. The I can pull those notes to, up. to remember things. And George, your phone. We got to get you a phone that's got the super script on it or something. Yeah. You're always telling me. Well, I want to give you this leaderboard, but I can't read it. Yeah. It's you know. too small. <laughs> it's something wrong with the phone. Oh goodness. Uh, and hey, but what what I would say for back to where you we got started mm-hmm. in the winter, if you just commit, do a little something for the body, it will respond. And that mind body connection. Hey, wear some wear warm clothes if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Keep the body warm if possible, or as warm as possible. You know, Walk more. I'd like to just add to that just a just a teeny little bit because you hit on it and it really doesn't take a great time commitment on the user's part if you want if you want to get involved with something like this you can use a little bit of the product at, at um, 
you know, without spending the $600 on the bigger bar, just just buy into the smaller pieces like the 47 from Heaven or the, the multi-stick, the 63-inch multi-stick, and the Laginator. It fits in the bag. It mm-hmm. fits in the bag. It's very mobile. It's, it's not taking up a footprint in your house or your garage. And you can do as little as an hour, hour and 30 minutes a week and get a big result. Now, it doesn't. It doesn't take a lot. It really doesn't. Now, tsunami, Robbie. I'll go even. I'll. I'll add to that. If you just do three to four to five minutes a day, and that's less than an hour, mm-hmm. just to get a little blood flowing, just to three feel to it. four to five, three minutes, to five a minutes a day, three to five minutes. If you just go look at the look at what you all did, mm-hmm. what you and the tsunami, Robbie I mean, did together. A, we have a seventeen-second video clip right now, and I'm sweating like a. It a doesn't horse take much. Just yeah. off that seventeen seconds. So Vince Fismar, yep. Vince Fismar, cardiologist, said, George, there it might be something out there, but I don't know that I've touched anything that can do more in less time than what your product can do. And he's mm-hmm. a cardiologist, mm. but you use it the right way. You get a little bit. Invest a little bit, get a lot in return. And those names I goofed up, mm. Andrew <laughs> Allen. Sorry about that, Andrew. He's an Aner. And David Ayers, Low Country Custom Golf uh-huh. uh, in Mount Pleasant. Right. Sorry about that, David. That's I, okay. You know, I, uh, I'm 61. What can I say? And I'm sitting in front of <laughs> You're Phil Cornblue. You're 61? And bes- yeah. George? And I know You're I'm, almost. I look like 31, You, you right? do. I'm surprised. You know, so security's right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> One year away. Two years. If you want to take it early. Yeah. Hey, Steve Smart in, at Santee. That's another good one. Uh, Steve Smart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then in Charlotte, Mary Chandler Rainler, uh, Rainler, Rainey, uh, Brandon Worley is in Greenville, Doug Brown in Greenville. These are reps around that gotcha. you can preview the tools all around all around South Carolina. Doug's so, another good one. Mr. Energy himself. Oh, he's, he's Well, yeah. I keep him in my bag for what it's worth. Yeah. I don't I mean, you know, what am I? I'm a hacker, but I keep them in my bag and I do uh, I use them and, you know, I've had I've told people of every time I see somebody I say, "Y'all check this out." Mm-hmm. You know, this is a great way to loosen up and help you a little bit when you step up to that first tee, you're a little looser and goosier. Oh, it than makes it ordinarily, huge especially so, as you said in one of our videos, you've been driving for two and a half hours, maybe <laughs> getting to your tee, and so you get out of the car, you're all stiffed up. You can't hardly move, <laughs> and I, then <laughs> then you got to go put your shoes on, get on the tee box, and let it ride. Yeah, it's tough. So the the thing that what I can tell you that is the difference is. The study of the layers of tension, which in golf, if you can stay soft and supple, then that whatever's in your head can end up in the golf ball. So it can go through your mind, through your body. But mm. the study of tension is what you can do through the product, and you'll be highly effective at controlling tension. So the, in golf, we talk about, oh, that guy, ch- that girl, they, they choked. They choked. Well, choking mm. is tension. Mm-hmm. And so... The study of tension is what our product best addresses, in my opinion, for golf. Helps you stay soft, supple, and relaxed. Mm. There you have it. There you go. Uh, Chris Bergen. Chris, uh, Chris is with us. He's listening. Uh, you had a question about what I was. I said I was sweating like. <laughs> yeah, I was curious. I, I sort of caught half of what you said while you were I think out. I said I was teeth. sweating like a horse. <laughs> Okay. I think All that's right. what I said. At least I hope that's what I, I I'm said. I'm sure that's what you said. I'm positive that's what you said. I just wanted to now, make Berge, sure. Bergie, do you know which end of a golf club to hold when you're Ooh. addressing oh, yeah. the ball? Mm. I've been playing. I played golf since I was three years old. I, I didn't know that. Ooh. Oh, yeah. 
because you see, I have good. to kind of, I have to establish my ground here. I am self-proclaimed South Carolina's media golf bad boy. Hey, I, I like it. You may All very right. well be tons better than me. I haven't played in, in a long time, but I, I enjoy it. I love playing golf. I just don't get a chance to. Yeah, well, if, if you sit it, here and listen to Phil, uh, I can tell you, he he will have the upper he, he'll have the upper hand, especially until you peg it in the ground and make the first swing. <laughs> peg it in the first ground, live that. swing. But he sounds Chris sounds like somebody I can make some money off of. So we're gonna tee it up, Chris, here yeah. in the near future. You better get Enjoy it that. before yeah, you be hit fun. the first tee. <laughs> <laughs> My bigger concern, George, was that pencil, not necessarily the, that wood, not the well, ones in his bag. <laughs> <laughs> now, if, you, if if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, spar with him, uh, do it on the golf course live, not in the radio. Booth. <laughs> I understand. I do love golf courses where they have erasers on the pencils. I think that's very they useful tool. Those. You don't. You can't. No, I've I found something. The greatest. A very useful tool ever. Yeah. The eraser. Is the eraser? <laughs> you think at Augusta National on their pencils they have erasers? Uh, no. 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 <laughs> you ever played the National? Oh no! They, uh, in fact, the, since they started the lottery pick, I used to go to the practice sessions every year mm -hmm. for years. Mm -hmm. And then they started the lottery pick, and I, you had to fill out your application. And you know, lo and behold, I thought, well, my name's been in the hat for so long, maybe that's why I'm getting these tickets. For about four years, I I still got tickets, and then I missed a year somehow. And I haven't. I apply every year, and I haven't been invited back. So maybe they. Maybe they heard about me. Wow. <laughs> George, you've played the National. I have, yeah. What'd you shoot? He's what been there privilege. many times. He's we played it several times. Which time? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. All right, rub it next, in. Next, next, next. Lou Holtz invited me one time. Oh, that would have been a good play. A good, uh, well, he didn't party. follow up. Oh. It was after a spring practice. This would have been 2099, about 2000, 2001. They had spring practice was going on while the Masters was going on. And we finished up a interview session with him, and he was heading upstairs to his office, and I was like the last guy out. And he goes, hey, Phil, he goes, you ever play the National? And I said, no, Coach, I've never played Augusta. He goes, I'll get you on there one day with me. Nice. I said, okay, great. Last I heard that of it. That was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> last I heard of it. Now, when you played, did you walk it? Uh, I did, yeah. absolutely. They, they, don't, they do not allow. Do they allow any golf carts? Well, the, the individual I did play with uh, – he was in a cart. Okay. But you so walked I walked, yeah. yeah. It's a good walk? Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, I've been – don't get me wrong. I've covered the, the Masters, and I've walked the course just, you know, as a spectator. Right. I remember standing um, one tee box one year. Uh, this would have been in the 80s. And uh, I was standing next to um, – oh, what's his name in his prime? Um, <sighs> Palmer. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't go back that far. <laughs> Not in his prime. No. He was there when Bobby Jones invented the golf no, course. wasn't Bobby Jones. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. What's his face? From Arkansas. He's really drunk. Yeah, Daly. Daly. So yeah. I'm standing by one of the tee boxes, and he's there. And, I mean, I'd never heard a golf ball sound like yeah. that before. Yeah, it's different. I mean, it was club. like a cannon. I'm like, holy smokes. And, of course, he takes it past parallel, mm -hmm. you know. Then I tried to take it past parallel when I got back to my uh, – dug my <laughs> club head into the ground. You were about past parallel in here. Was I past parallel? Oh, yes, sir. Oh, nice. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, – and I got it videoed. <sighs> Send that to me. I will. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> See if I can learn. Hey, what I was still – I got to say, mm -hmm. I asked you to do one thing, push back in those hips. Yeah, you did. And you did. 
Tsunami Robbie, he did. Oh, I saw you. you it's the old teaching method. You put the finger in the belt loop and pull that hip back. And he did. He and did he it did. without the assistance. Yeah. Right, right. So that that's that amazing mind-body Real control. quick, real quick. So here in the golf center, like for the common golfer who's listening to us, I mean, is that something they can come here? Absolutely. And, I mean, All you do is you uh, go to the website, yeah. uh, contact Tsunami Robbie, give you a preview, a tour. You know, uh, depends on the time, 10, 10 to 15 minutes, and you'll get a great little uh, uh, sample example of how the technology works. And the technology, we've got about 30 seconds. The technology would include what? Uh, Multi-stick, 47, probably run through that to a multi-63. and uh, The video? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yep. there's plenty to do. You can fix a, more to come. You more can to come. fix a lot of swings. Oh, and, and it's uh, not just for golf. Yeah. It's yeah. for all sports. Birdies and bogeys and biceps. biceps. That's us, baby. <laughs> biceps. There you go. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We'll Thank do you. it again. Oh, and y'all, love to. Y'all have a great holiday. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, uh, Chris. Have a great yes, weekend. Sir. Thank you, Pat. Everybody have a great weekend. See you Monday on Sports Talk.